Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Geek Town Radio. This week I have Chris with me. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Yes, I'm okay. What Marcus? have you been up to? Oh, it's been, I've been a lot actually because we have not. Have, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't yes, it? Has. It's so, been a few weeks. Uh, what have I been doing? Well, finished off on Black season three, I want to say on iPlayer. Yes. Amazing. Have you have you watched I'm it? Have you caught still up trying yet? to get back to it? <laughs> I will do. So good. It became sort of my regular thing to watch in the kitchen when I was cooking. <laughs> um, Adam, I think I started watching it without Adam because he wasn't that keen on it. Um, and then I got too far into it for him to catch up. <laughs> um, so, yes, loved it. Amazing ending. Clearly set up for the next season, which I've heard they're already filming, sure. um, which is marvellous. And it was nice to watch it back-to-back as yeah. well on, on iPlayer, because I think is that probably the first time that iPlayer's done something like that, when they put like an entire season on before. Yes, yeah, it's the first time that they're kind of prepping people for the fact that that, that it's changing next year Yeah into this uh you know the, the this thing that's that's going to host um its original content as well so uh they're getting people kind of used to that idea i think yeah that's what people want though isn't it well, i mean i we can't i can't be bothered with weekly tv shows <laughs> anymore well to be honest a lot of times we just wait and then we'll binge watch yeah. them um which is what we've done this week as we've discovered uh, how to get away with murder um <laughs> Having, I know you're a big fan of yes, the show. It's brilliant. It's just, oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah. We like put it on at like, I don't know, six o'clock at a night and we were up until about half past one. <laughs> just, I shouldn't get it because it's quite addictive viewing. Yeah. So, no, it is one of those just one more episode shows. I mean, I watched it weekly, but I imagine if you've been watching it, that's it's going to be one of those where you just go, oh, oh I'll just watch one more. <laughs> Just one more, and then yeah, three hours later, sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've, I've finished the main story of Elder Scrolls. Oh, cool! Um, so now I'm doing the veteran missions, and when you complete the game, you get to well, you complete the main story. It then takes you to one of the other alliances worlds, and you have to st- you can start from scratch from there. So you basically do their entire game oh, as wow. well, um, which is which is quite good. Um, and I've just downloaded, very excited about this, downloaded the weekend, uh, Overlord, um, the latest v- game in the series. I think it's maybe the f- fourth, third or fourth. fourth. I think probably. Um, so that's on the PlayStation Network. 
It's only 14 quid. And it's starring my friend Mark Silk as every single goblin <laughs> and voice of evil in the game. And it was really weird because I... I I mean, I've played Overlord for years and years before I knew Mark. And then when I found out, it, I'd, I'd been out with Mark um, for dinner and named through friends. And then um, when I actually found out it was him, I was just like, oh, my God, that's you. <laughs> so now I'm playing this game Go, oh, my God, that's Mark. That's Mark. That's Mark. <laughs> do the voices. Um, do the voices. <laughs> it's, oh, it's amazing. Uh, but it's a very, very different type of game to other oh, Overlords. Okay. So anybody who doesn't know Overlord, in each game you play as a big evil overlord um, and you control minions and different colored minions do different types of things but you also have your own abilities and spells the latest overlord is a bit more like diablo 3 okay it's a bit more of that gameplay so you can summon your minions to do things and you need certain colors to so you need the red ones to blow things up you need the brown ones to destroy three things uh the blue ones heal you lots of different things but there's an online multiplayer as well which i haven't tried out yet but it's very much it's a simpler version uh because it was only 14.99 so it's a bit simpler but it's quite it's a fun multiplayer Mm. game as well just to go out with minions and but it's quite difficult i mean i die i mean i didn't used to die much in diablo but i've died loads in the new overlord um but that's quite good for it to be challenging for a change so uh totally yeah but uh yeah so all of that how about you what have you been up to um gaming wise i i'm still on a uh on a uh, civilization kind of um run at the moment because uh, they they yep. released a new version of civilization called uh is it beyond tide or under tide something like that um okay if you've ever played civilization they're horrifically long games yeah. or certainly can be so so i think i'm I, I mentioned this to ross about four weeks ago and i think i'm probably on my fourth game now because <laughs> really? oh. because i tend, have a tendency to play on massive and sort of epic settings so uh so it just keeps going and going and going <laughs> so i've uh, i've only restarted once because i i yeah. set the stuff to random to to pick out what sort of uh, you know um civilization i start with and i started as a french right. and nobody wants that so uh, <laughs> so so i i, I yeah. went back and, and changed to something else no, she's, the the french cool. the french is um not particularly they're kind of cultural based and uh it's not nowhere near as as fun as just going trancing into things and blowing stuff up so (laughs) so so yes gaming wise that's taken up quite a lot of my time as i said previously i'm mainly treading water waiting till uh, um fallout 4 comes (laughs) yes not long it's only when is it is it this week uh, or no couple couple of weeks yet um november something or other i think it is number ninth something like that so um yeah Mm. look very much looking forward to that um tv wise loads of new stuff started um Yes, yeah. Fargo um, started, was it last week? Must be last week because there was a, a yeah, two episode yeah. lined up. So I watched the first episode of that. Um, very much the same sort of vein as, as the last season was, but still just brilliant. Um, really well yeah. put together, kind of very violent, but slightly off the wall as well, you know. So, <laughs> um, so really good fun. Really enjoyed that. Uh, Muppets. I've been watching. Have you caught any of these yet? I've not. Um, we pro- I'll probably give it a go, but it's. I'm not a big, massive fan of the Muppets. In all honesty, I know that's sort of like blasphemy <laughs> because it, it is. 
everybody in the world loves the Muppets, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> sort of the Muppets mixed with The Office. Um, I'm still finding it very funny. So it's it's slightly, you know, skewed towards a slightly more adult. Well, the Muppets have always been slightly skewed towards the adult audience with a kind of knowing wink. Yeah. Um, and, and it carries on that tradition. Uh, but it's that's really good fun. I'm really enjoying that. Um, Mr. Robot, which I think I mentioned to you at work I, I got into um yeah, yeah. A really really good show really enjoying that um a really interesting cast kind of very dark thing about a, a a hacker that or guy that gets recruited into this hacker group about five or six episodes into that now um and it, yeah. it's still superb so definitely one worth watching if you've got uh, an amazon prime membership it's worth um, picking up yeah we we had a trial uh, and i think i need to s- subscribe to it properly um because we we had a look at it and that look it did look really good yeah. actually um so um there's some great things coming up on amazon as well we'll get into into some more of those later but the uh there's there's uh two episodes i think of the man in the high castle which is this show about um set in this sort of alternative reality where germany won the second world war ah uh, yeah yeah that's really good as well i've seen the first episode of that that looks really promising so i'm looking forward to more of that uh there's a show with ron perlman on which i haven't gone into watching yet but that's been getting fairly good reviews so so that's been really good um so I've been watching that. Uh, Doctor Who this week had the second part of the Macy Williams story. Have you seen any of these? You don't really watch I've Doctor Who, do you? I've not. I feel like we're never really about on Saturday. I, mean, yeah. I know that's an excuse to catch up nowadays because um, we watch everything on catch up. But I just, yeah, I just lost it after Matt Smith left. And it's not because of that reason. We just, I just haven't got back yeah. into it, to be honest. The, so. uh, the, the Macy Williams stories, the two Macy Williams stories are pretty good. They're they're worth watching. Um, mm. uh, interesting character that they've come up with there, who I think may pop up again at some point in the future. I suspect. Um, okay. And on ITV, their interesting attempt to compete with with the Doctor Who or trying to pull some of the Doctor Who audience, if slightly misguided, with Jekyll and Hyde. Um, yes. Have you actually managed to catch up with this yet? No, it's on our, and we've not been in much this week. Was it, was it, was it Sunday? Was it Sunday? Sunday, Sunday evening at 6.30. And that rather seems to have upset quite a lot of people. And I, I can sort of see why. Um, it's had over 500 complaints. Um, mm. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, people were complaining that it was on way too early. And I, I'm, I'm in two minds about it. I mean... I think back to when the BBC, years ago, when the BBC used to run episodes of Buffy. And yeah. It's probably no worse than an episode of Buffy in terms of the violence and the fact that people get shot or there's, you know, uh, blood or, you know, that sort of stuff. And it's quite scary in places. I mean, the, okay. the, the characters, you're certainly for a younger audience, it definitely would be. And they did put out a warning beforehand. So I'm not entirely sure it totally inappropriate for that time slot yeah. but it's it's it suffers from the same problem my tv's had previously which is it doesn't entirely know what it wants to be you know because when you saw the yeah. advertising it looked like it was going to be a sort of you know post watershed thing um yeah and or, or certainly a sort of 
later kind of eight o'clock in the evening sort of show. And they've then ended up putting it on at 6.30. And given the type of stuff that usually runs around that time now, it's not light enough for a really young audience. It's more a kind of tween audience, I would say. It's trying to aim at. Okay. Um, It's okay. I've only seen one episode because there's only one episode gone out so far. And I don't really just want to judge it on that because I don't think you should judge anything on this very first episode because I think that's (laughs) that's a bit unfair. But um, some of the acting wasn't great. Um, Okay. Some of it was fine, but some of it was a bit kind of um, wooden, to be fair. There was a couple of little weird little things that kind of bothered me with the Jekyll and Hyde bit whereas it starts off where you see the original um dr jekyll and mr hyde and then it sort of jumps yeah. forward 50 years to his grandson and that's who, who you're kind of following right it's a bit misleading isn't it i mean okay he's jackson hyde yeah because yeah. it, it's his descendant but um but yeah the the weird thing that i found was the the older original version of Jekyll and Hyde, I think, were were I with played by either two actors or one actor very heavily made up when he turned into Mister Hyde. Whereas when right. they did it with the grandson, it was the same guy with slightly ruffled hair. Um, <laughs> that seems to be. I mean, he's he's sort of face goes kind of red and sort of veins come out, and but then they sort of dissipate, and he and he's kind of the same handsome chap that he was as Mister Doctor Jekyll. Um, right. I, I, that seemed a bit weird to me. You know, I would have been. I think there was a few missteps. It would have been far more interesting had they cast two entirely different people. Um, yeah. That. I, I, you know, because otherwise it just looks like one guy who's schizophrenic, uh, you know. Uh, so there was there was that. Um, the CGI is done very well um, as well, but you know you sort of expect that in this day and age. Um, <laughs> Pretty hope so, yeah. <laughs> the writing's um, the writing's good. I think Charlie Hickson's got quite a good script. There's some funny bits in it. I think there's there's a group as well um, run by Richard E. Grant who are, are referred to as the Invisible Men or MI Zero, I think they or MI One or something, and they're they're the group of sort of monster hunters that are are chasing Mister Hyde essentially, yeah. and that group I found far more interesting than the whole Jekyll and Hyde thing. I I right. sort of much rather that be the focus of the show than than the Jekyll and Hyde characters. And and that may kind of worm into that because they do have monsters working within that group or they have sort of people with abilities working in that group. So yeah. it may be the case that he ends up getting recruited into that or it may be that they're just the bad guys that are chasing him, but I'm hoping it's not that and hoping it's a bit more interesting than that. Yeah. Uh, it, as I say, it's difficult to judge. It's sort of, I think, probably worth watching um, just to see. Uh, I will give it a few more episodes and see how it goes. But um, yeah, mm. I, I, I don't know. I'm reserving judgment at the moment. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the whole thing about the time slot is, is, is 
interesting because I I do think it's an odd time to run it. It sort of feels like I mean it's not a it's not a downtown album, is it really? No, no. It sort of feels like it just should be on a bit later than it is. Um, you yeah. know, it seems like a half past six on a Sunday when you know it's the sort of post tea time people watching songs of praise and and you know yeah and it's, it. it's just not it. really. That's it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's mm, yeah. yeah, it's just odd. And it's an odd time to wear it, but you know, um, we'll see. Uh, yeah. And and the other thing which we haven't had a chance to talk about because you haven't been on was the Star Wars trailer. Yes, um, which I, I'm assuming you've seen, or probably more than once. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 I have. So, what did you think? I loved it. I can't wait. I'm really excited. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, we went to see um, James Bond yesterday oh, yeah. at the IMAX in Birmingham, which I, I will come on to in a bit. I'm not just throwing that yeah. in there. there. Um, and it's I, I've seen things on IMAX before, but I've now decided we, we've got to see Star Wars in IMAX. Yes. We've just got to see it in IMAX. Because yeah. um, the guy at Cineworld was saying that the ticket sales are already it's like 130,000 or something like oh, wow. that already yeah. it's something absolutely ridiculous well, the, the, the u.s um, ticket sales were something like 6.8 million dollars and i think that was just the imax sales and that was that was a week ago you know so and i know we've mentioned it in the office but i've never i, I mean i don't even remember it around the hobbit i've never known people like pre get so excited and pre-book yeah cinema tickets not to that like extent, that you just no. i mean it's just been I mean, like loads of my friends go, I've pre-booked, I've pre-booked. And I'm like, actually, am I going to be able to see it? Because I've not pre-booked. I'm wondering if there's going to be any showings left because everyone's pre-booking, which is great, which is, you know, fantastic to see. Yeah. But, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be, yeah. yeah, Can't wait. I mean, there was a... um an interview with um, Kevin Smith, the the director of Clerks and Chasing Amy and, and those sort of things, who knows J.J. Abrahams, and um, though he didn't come out and say he'd seen it, he blatantly he'd seen it or seen a cut of it um, oh. and was sort of saying that it will make you weep. It's, it's just brilliant. So, yeah, and I mean, obviously he's a Star Wars fan and J.J. is his friend, but um, I, I think that's that's pretty good sign. The fact that um, yeah, he's yeah. a massive Star Wars fan and he liked it. You know, he's not kind of it's not being destroyed by JJ. Which I have to say, looking at it, it doesn't look like that's the case. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna have, they've got they're gonna have well very very high expectations, aren't they? For yes, it. I mean, and I'm sure I'm sure they it, was, it is going to be amazing. But my God, the pressure the pressure is really on for yeah. them. Yeah, um, to make sure it's something that. You know, people remember, you know, don't destroy childhoods yeah. <laughs> and all that sort of thing. So, but yeah, I think one wait. thing he's been really good at is understanding what people love about a franchise. I mean, it was the same with um, Star Trek when he rebooted Star Trek. Yeah. I think he did that so beautifully and so well. Mm-hmm. Um, because the the whole kind of splitting the timeline thing was a fantastic idea because it allows him to go well this universe still exists but yeah. we're we're now off in this universe and they kind of connected so you can bring the odd character across but you know they are yeah. separate entities which you, which I thought was brilliant and a genius idea um I think he did just such a fantastic job with that and 
you know, upping the action and kind of making it a more interesting, you know, film as well. So I, I'm yeah. so looking forward to the Star Wars thing. And he, and he wasn't a huge Trek fan when he took that on. And he is a huge Star Wars okay. fan. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he's done. That good. should be really good. Um, yes. How was James <laughs> Bond, by the way? Um, really? It was a bit, bit meh. I mean, I'm not a massive, I've not seen any, well, I think I have Amazing Skyfall, um, but I'm not a massive Daniel Craig, James Bond fan. I've not really watched James Bond since Piers Brosnan was, right. in, it, was in it. You know, I love those. Yeah. Um, there weren't enough gadgets. He had one gadget, which was his watch, which blew up. <laughs> he had one car, and, and not in uh, counting the like the car in the credits yeah. um, that he drove off into the sunset with. Um that's not a spoiler, by the way. I'm presuming. No. <laughs> surprise, um, surprise, James but, Bond survives until the end of the movie. What yeah. a shock. <laughs> it's funny, funny that. Um, yeah, I mean, there was like, I mean, yeah, it was just a bit. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Flat. If you, if you're not into, cause I, I've had that sort of feeling of, I do wish there was slightly more gadgets to it, but, um, but yeah, they're not going for that in these films. That they're, they're going for the sort of, Ideally, I suppose more realism, and they're, they're supposed to be going yeah. for that. So I, I don't know. I, but I didn't. I mean, I understand, like, for, like you know, say if you're going to go see the Hobbit or Lord of the Rings or even Star Star Wars. Say if you're going to see the new Star Wars. Okay, it's kind of expect. I guess you don't have to, but it helps if you've seen the other films. Yeah. I'm presuming first. Yeah. This this James Bond, like the main. I'm not going to say. Oh, I don't know whether it's public who the main villain is, but you know who, who the actor yes. is, but who he plays in it. And I'm like, okay, wasn't that like in some of the really early James Bond films? Have I now got to go away and watch like <laughs> 15 of the James Bonds to try and figure this timeline yes. out? It was a bit. Yeah, I mean, well, we knew, I, I don't know exactly. I don't think they've publicly said who exactly he's playing although we know that it's probably a major villain from from the bond history because of the fact that and and people have speculated quite a lot because of the fact that they've not announced exactly who is what his name is you know so yeah. so um i i don't think it will be any great shot to anybody if he comes out and being somebody from the history so but yeah no, well, that's that's interesting. I've heard a few people say that it, it's that they've had sort of mixed reviews of it mm. uh, this time. Around. I mean, it was it was watchable, yeah. and I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. I mean, I had a fantastic time at the IMAX because it was the launch of uh, the IMAX in at Resorts World over in Solihull oh, yeah. uh, last night. So that that was that was brilliant to go to the brand new Cine World over there. Um, but it's not one that I'll probably watch. I mean, I didn't hate it. It was just a bit yeah. Nah. <laughs> Take it, you know, take it here or there. Um, so it's not one I'll be getting on Blu-ray. No. I don't no. think so. All right. All right. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's fine. It does depend very much. But you know, just my opinions. You know, you know what my views are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know we disagree on a, a lot of things, and that's fine. That's allowed. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but you, no, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I I enjoyed Skyfall, but again, I'm not a huge. A Bond fan, but I find I found Skyfall uh, certainly. I think it was one of the better of the Daniel Craig um, movies. Yeah. It was certainly better than Quantum of Solace, which was horrendous. Um, so yeah, well, I don't know. I, I I may go to the cinema see it. I may wait until it comes out on on DVD. I'm not I'm not that much yeah. of a Bond fan to to go and kind of sit myself at the cinema. However, I have pre bought my Star Wars tickets. <laughs> Did I see, I may have got this completely wrong, so I'm going to put that out there now. 
I don't know if I saw earlier on that Netflix in Canada yes. or something like that have already brought the rights for Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Have I made that up? No, that, is that true? I haven't made that up. That's in- entirely true. Yes. How, how, how much has that cost? I have no idea. My God. And, and randomly Canada as well. Yeah. Is that is it not? Do they not have cinemas in Canada? I don't know. Do uh, maybe the rights just happened to come up in in Canada, and they've not been. I mean, I'm assuming it's Sky's got it over here. I would imagine. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, randomly, Netflix have got hold of it in Canada. So I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. But um, right. Uh, should we move off Star Wars and onto some onto some other TV news? Yeah, let's do that for right. a change. <laughs> First TV and film news story. Um, this is regarding Sean Bean's Legends. I don't know whether you saw... Did you see the first season of this? Um, no, but I, I think I saw a trailer the other week. Okay. Um, and I just thought, oh, is he going to die in this as well? <laughs> Yeah, no, he, amazingly, it's a show where he actually managed to get through to the second season. And interestingly, this is sort of payback, I think, for Sean Bean, because he's the only character, or pretty much the only character, that's returning from the first season uh, into the second season. What they've done is, I mean, the, the basic premise of the show is that it's... Uh, a guy called Martin Odom, who is an undercover FBI agent. He's an incredibly good undercover agent, but he gets very stuck into the characters and he's suffering a form of identity crisis because the line between the character and his, or rather his cover identity and his real life start to blur together. And at the end of the first season, it's revealed that his actual real life was also a cover identity. Um, So that's sort of where it got left. Spoilers for if you've not seen the first season of that, but you kind of saw that's where it was going anyway. So it's not a huge um, leap for that. Uh, What they've done for the second season is a bit like 24 sometimes did, was they've sort of sacked the rest of the cast and kept the lead guy. Um, Right. So everybody else, apart from um, one guy, which is a guy, uh, Morris Chestnut, who played Tony in the first season, is coming back as guest star. But basically everybody else is being got rid of. Yes. When they're not (laughs) dead, they've they've just kind of got rid of them. The the first season was very much almost a, a kind of monster of the week show you know it was him taking on an undercover identity every sort of few episodes and uh they get into a particular situation and you know the fbi had kind of get him out of it and you know so it was that sort of thing whereas this is far more about him trying to uncover who he actually is right watching the trailer for the second season it it feels far more like homeland than the first season did. Uh, it's by the Homeland guys, um, so it's the same same people behind it. Um, so that kind of makes sense. But they've completely recast it. It's been shooting in Europe, Prague, um, London, so it's been sort of all, all over the place. Uh, the new second season's going to have um, Winter of Ave Zolly, who played Lila in Sons of Anarchy, Steve Kanzi, yeah. who was... Gus Fender in the US version of Shameless, uh, Ailing Frankowski, who was Kate in The Fall, Kelly Overton, who was at Ricky in True Blood, Carla, I 
what's that? Ice Isova? Isova, I guess. Carla Isova, who was Shari in Crossing Lines. Ralph Brown, who was Dr. Ishenkov in um Agent Carter, the 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 guy with oh, the okay. ring. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um so uh, they're all they're all taking over roles in the new show. Um it's not sort of based entirely on the FBI now. It's basically him kind of as a as an FBI agent. I think he's on the run uh with the FBI chasing him, but um it's more about sort of him trying to find out who he is this season. Uh yeah. starts second of November in the US. It's planned for February um over here on Sky One. But uh, it should be an interesting one to look out for. The, if they shove the first season on now TV, which I suspect they will do before it gets that run on Sky One um, for the second yeah. season, it's worth going to to dive into because it was a good show. Okay. Definitely a good show. Monkey Bell. To be honest, I've, I've, we keep looking at it again. I've still not watched Homeland. Mm. And I know that's like a complete crime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I still need to watch that, to be yeah, honest. Homeland's a great show. It really- what season is that on? Uh, let's see. There were two seasons with with what's his face. Uh, it's probably four, five. I think. I think it's on five now. I think we we'll have to go back to. Uh, but then not because we finished. Well, I can't remember. We finished, but we're in need of some new TV shows, which we found. How to get away with murder? Uh, how to get away with murder? Yeah. Um, I need to find a couple of other things to watch. Yeah. Now, Home- Homeland's definitely worth one getting into. Um, it's that's an interesting show again that changes quite a lot from season to season, so um, mm. so yeah, worth going to definitely. Right, um, looking to that. So uh, there's that one. Um, Channel Four and AMC have announced they're teaming up again for a new sci-fi show. They teamed up last time for Humans. Um, mm-hmm. And they decided that worked quite well. So they've got a, a new show. We don't know an awful lot about it other than apparently it's called White Rabbit. Um, it's from author and comic writer um, Tom Moran. And that's comic, not as in comic book, as in comedy writer. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but it's it's billed as a sci-fi mystery drama. So that's an interesting different take considering he's known more as a comic writer and you know than a serious drama writer so i I suspect there will be some humor in it um his previous book was called dinosaurs and prime numbers uh was about (laughs) the synopsis of the book of the previous book says was about an amateur gas and electric meter reader who was about to to discover a cow that is independent of the space-time continuum (laughs) it's like a random bunch of words thrown together but uh yeah Kind of sounds that way. <laughs> um, yes. So heaven knows what this new show will be like. He says nice. that it's got a global scale and a huge cast of characters, but apart from that, we don't know anything about it. But I, I thought that was interesting that they're uh, they're working together on a show again. Um, a couple of smaller stories. Uh, Constantine, apparently. Um, David, <laughs> it was like, it's so obvious this. David S. Goyer, who is the man at DC uh, behind these shows, says Constantine shouldn't have been on NBC. It's like, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everybody said that when you announced it was going to onto NBC. Yeah. Um, in retrospect, I don't th- think it should have been on NBC. Uh, Variety Cropson was saying, I think it was the wrong channel. I'm sure they probably agree with that as well. This was it. <laughs> That's what they're not really doing it. That's why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This is interesting, though. We almost doubled our ratings on DVR numbers, but they weren't quite there in network television in counting those metrics. If it had been on basic cable channels, we could still be on. 
So he's saying that one of the reasons that they got cancelled was the fact that um, NBC at the time didn't count the DVR numbers. Right. Which is ridiculous in this day and age. Mm. Um, I, I believe they are now, but that's insane that they don't count they don't look at the DVR numbers if that is the case, but yeah, it's just ludicrous. And what surprises me as well is if you think, I mean, although you say, yeah, it's not the best place for it, but it ran Hannibal for three seasons, four seasons. And and Hannibal's incredibly dark show. And I think it's just a shame. They weren't prepared to push things that far for Constantine because it needed to be kind of darker and grittier and, you know, than it was, it, it, yeah. it needed it needed that really dark humor. It would I would have loved to have seen a HBO version of that. Yeah, I I, I, I quite it was easy watching. It wasn't amazing, no. but it was something that you could just sort of like veg out in front yeah. of. If anything else, not gripping, but no. But I mean that that's the thing. I think had it been on a on a network um, or you know on a cable channel like HBO, where you could push the boat out a bit more and be more extreme with some of the things, I think it would have been a far more interesting show. <laughs> mm. Anyway, um, oh. but yeah. So finally, Annette, finally, kind of coming around to the point of view that everybody else said, "Yeah, why is it on NBC? That's a stupid place for it." And there was there was another little story which goes back to what we were saying earlier about iPlayer. Uh, Frank Skinner apparently is going to be fronting a weekly iPlayer only show designed to highlight the content on the service. It's going to be like a little fifteen minute show, which like chat show thing. Um, that's starting on the 13th of November and it's going to be Frank Skinner in a sort of 15 minute celebrity guest interview with about stuff that's on the player. And they're going to be picking out the kind of more obscure stuff that's on there and things that are kind of maybe aren't, you know, haven't got as much traction as, as some of the like, you know, endless reruns of EastEnders and things. Um, so, uh, Lee Mack, Zoe Ball and Joss Widdicombe are the, three people that have lined up for the first three shows. Uh, they've they've said that uh, the idea is to reinvent word of mouth for the on-demand service is the idea. I don't know. I think, I think that's quite a nice little sort of thing that, I mean, I like Fran Skinner. He's usually very funny. So, um, so is this program going to be on iPlayer or is it on TV? No, say, I think sorry? it's, yeah, it's, see, it's, it's on iPlayer, um, which is possibly a slight <laughs> using iPlayer to promote, to promote iPlayer, iPlayer. Yeah, which is, is possibly a misstep, but, uh, you know, unless, unless you, cause it's only 15 minutes, unless you're going to run it on like BBC two at some point and saying, go to the iPlayer, you know? Um, but, uh, it's got an initial six month run apparently. So yeah, uh, they're only little fifteen minute I, things though. So if Lee Max, uh, one of the, the first people, I'm going to give that a miss because I can't stand the <laughs> Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, they've also said that uh, Franskin is back on Room 101 early February as well. Um, if you if you like that show, um, so yes, I was going to say you know we you quickly mentioned Inhumans. Yes, uh, Inhumans. Humans. Humans. Earlier on, apparently, I was reading before, well, earlier on today, apparently it may go past season two, they've said. That would be nice. Uh, possibly. Um, they've not, they've definitely, they've not said yes, but they've definitely not ruled out, which could be really, really 
good. Yeah, well, I mean, because <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, no, it was. It was. It was really good. I really enjoyed that show. So, um, hopefully, that uh, that does continue. That would be good. Yeah. Um. And we've also, as we're in the middle of a new season, we're starting to get more cancellations come in. Um, not that many renewals yet, but uh, just to keep you up to date on on the situation with some of the US shows, the player, which is the show with Philip Winchester from Strike Back and Wesley Snipes in it, that's had its um, initial first season cut from 13 episodes to nine by NBC. So that basically cancels it pretty much. Uh, There's not much chance of that finding a second season, I would have thought. Blood and Oil, which is the Don Johnson series about um, finding oil in, I don't know, Idaho or somewhere like that. Um, That's that's had its order reduced from 13 to 10 episodes, so that doesn't bode well. There's a very good chance that's probably cancelled. On the flip side, um, Limitless has got a full season order, so that's probably going to get a renewal. That's on CBS in the US. And I think it's coming to, I want to say, Channel 4, E4 over here, I think. It's either that or Sky. I can't remember. Go and check the website. Uh, (laughs) um, Code Black has picked up a bit as well. That's had um, six additional scripts ordered from CBS. It's still a sort of 50-50 for renewal, but that's actually a reasonable sign that they've got enough faith to order a few more scripts and keep it around. So, um, Wasn't this just, was Code Black like another hospital? Yes, Code Black was another hospital drama, um, which is coming to, I think it's Watch. I've got it over here. But yeah, they've picked up six additional scripts. So that that's probably a good sign. Um, it's mm. still, ratings still aren't brilliant, but you know, they've got enough faith in it. So, Minority Report and CSI Cyber look like they're probably not going to make it to another season. Um, really? Yeah. Oh. Minority Report's really doing badly. Um, and CSI Cyber apparently is doing horrendously. They, they've had a habit of, of rescuing the CSIs, even though their ratings are terrible, but the ratings are so bad. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com on cyber this time that that there's there's not much chance of it getting a third season um oh, i think it's just had its day csi I, I mean it's been going for a I, long time i think that i think that's possibly it i think it's just you know um ncis is still going strong you know all the ncis shows are doing very very well um but csi is is just was struggling and i mean the other shows were struggling as well before they got um sort of finished so yeah i think maybe that's it for the csi franchise it's a shame because it's, it's yeah because yeah they've had well yeah it's been going for bloody ages now yeah, isn't it so uh, it has been going for a long time so you know but um the other ones to keep an eye on as well these are all kind of danger zone shows um sleepy hollow's not been doing particularly well um, which is a shame. That's just started airing over here. I, I quite enjoyed the first episode of that. Yeah, I remember you saying you quite liked it. Yeah, that, it's, didn't it's you, a so. good show. Um, 
and uh, I I quite enjoyed it. They've got a crossover with Bones randomly coming uh, right. this season, uh, which has got some sort of weird time thing going on with it, um, which which is slightly jumping the shark. But um, we'll see. <laughs> I'm I'm not yeah. entirely convinced, and if they they're going down that route of that sort of desperation, maybe it is probably a good job. But they're not kind of continuing it. I don't know. We'll see. I, I will reserve judgment until I've seen it as to, to how bad it is. But um, that uh, Hawaii Fovo, which I think is back in the US now, is not been doing great. But then that doesn't always do great, and tends to get renewed so i don't know uh castle really like it yeah i mean (laughs) one of the producers (laughs) yeah no somebody's got something on 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 somebody um yeah uh castle's not doing particularly well this season either um which is a shame um because that's nathan fillion's show uh, although, you know, if it frees him up to, to go and do um, more episodes of Con Man and uh, more Firefly, we, we, that would yeah. be great. You know, it'd be great if we could have all the cast free. Uh, Nashville's not doing particularly well this season either. So that could be in trouble. Uh, so, yes, those those are the things to, to watch out for and, and start making noise about online if, if uh, you're fans of those shows. Do we need to start like campaigns to save shows on Geek Town or something <laughs> like that? We'll have like, little placards and, and banners for our Facebook photos. It depends. I, I, I never felt strongly enough about some shows uh, other than other than obviously Firefly. I do, you know, there's very few mm-hmm. shows that I feel strongly enough to to do that but uh, occasionally we we do post things and you know if people want to come and leave things in the comments to to uh, to things then that's fine um so yeah those are the uh, cancellations coming up next up we have an interview this week's interview is with the author christopher brookmeyer he's recently written a new book and a video game called bedlam basically it's the the video game's kind of interesting because the the game is set around the those early 80s 90s video games and with the graphics to kind of boot i've played through a few episodes of it it's it's really um kind of an interesting idea because it's really nostalgic and takes you back if you were playing video games in the in the 90s in the game you uh, play as a character called heather quinn the, she is uh, known as athena as well her colleague is a guy called ross baker who is bedlam who he's also known as bedlam ross is the main protagonist in the book heather is the main protagonist in the game it's it basically involves them running working around a corporate giant called Nura science and somehow the pair of them have got sucked into the into this game called starfire which is this violent sci-fi fantasy game that uh, that they sort of both played as teenagers and um there's no explanation as to how they've got there there's no backup and no way out is the basic premise of it so we spoke to christopher um a couple of weeks ago we had a slight issue with the recording at the start, so the recording sort of slightly clipped. You didn't get the introductions, but uh, you'll join in just as he's starting to explain a bit about the game and uh, how he wrote it and that sort of stuff. So uh, here's the interview with Christopher. We'll see you afterwards with some air dates. So I thought with the notion of, of 
Um, not the most original notion of, of um, someone being transported into a, a realm of video games, but kind of the eureka moment was thinking, imagine you're in a, you find yourself transferred into the world of a video game, but instead of being the hero, uh, you realise you're one of the bad guys, and worse than that, you realise you're not even a significant bad guy, you're the <laughs> runs that the, the player's supposed to mow down in the first sort of early training level. Yeah. And that was, it's a spiral from there. I, I, I realised that what the possibilities were, and um, also at that time we, we talked about how how exciting it was when, as, as a gamer, when you you looked outside the map, when you found how to no clip uh, out of where you were supposed to be, or, or you found little glitches, and I started imagining that, that you could find a way out of, of a game, but what if you could do that and found your way into another game? And when I outlined this concept and began to flesh it out, I realised I was, I was effectively outlining the plot for a novel. So I would often enroll the novel where the developers tried to raise finance for the game. Uh, and as it turned out, publishing a novel uh, is, is a very good way of getting investors to understand what you're trying to do. Because <laughs> it's a lot easier if you hand them a novel uh, that they can read and get their head around it than give them a, a sort of 13,000 word document and say, swear this will be awesome. <laughs> so it kind of grew from there. In the meantime, um, well, the, the, the developers had been sort of laying down the framework for it and then when they got investment, um, by that time the, the novel was out and, and all of a sudden it all came together. So I've been working with them um, re- really all the way down the line. Um, once we, but even, even from quite early stages where we talked about once the book was finished, what, what was realistic, what was plausible um, for taking from, from page to screen on the budget that we were really working with. Because the, the novel can, you know, you've got great freedom there to put in really bizarre uh, flights of fancy, yeah. like massive futuristic driving world, for instance, or or the uh, nightmarish world towards the end of the game that's entirely populated by Daily Mail readers, <laughs> and that's not something you can easily transfer uh, or convey uh, in a game. But we 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 outlined maybe six or seven worlds that we thought. Were, were plausible and easy, easy to, to replicate. Also, um, the novel jumps around in terms of the type of game um, from RTSs, RPGs, uh, and, and whereas with, with the game we thought we need to stick to one concept and then stick solidly to the FPS. Yeah. So um, there's there's a few other differences to the book. It's not like a, it, it's not a direct copy of the book. It's sort of set in the same world, but there's it's a different protagonist, isn't it? For in the game. Yeah. Um, there's a num- number of, of reasons for that. Um, one was that when it came to developing it. Um, we were talking about how it would be better to have a different protagonist because um, if people have already read a book, I think they don't want to be playing the part of someone whose story they already know. Yeah. Um, and for those who haven't read the book, you don't want them to think that they need to have read it in order to understand what's going on. So we were talking about how we could do that. Uh, and one of the things we discussed was how exciting it was when you were playing something like Opposing Force, which was in the Half-Life expansion pack. Yeah. And being Adrian Shepard, and you'd occasionally catch a glimpse of Gordon Freeman. Yeah. Well, 
it would be a great idea to, to have Bedlam, the, the, the title character, uh, in there and, and you to be trying to get in touch with him um, because that would bring the world to life. Uh, and for readers, they'd, they'd think, well, I'm actually going to go and meet the character I've read about, not pretending to be the character they've read about. Um, and the other thing that just uh, struck me when I was thinking, if we're going to have to come up with a whole new character, how do I make it distinct? Um, and I thought, why not? I'll make the character a woman. And I kind of was kicking myself for not, this hadn't occurred to me when I was writing the novel. <laughs> because the, the novel was a sort of affectionate pastiche of, of the conventions and, and, and tropes of, of um, video games. Um, and I think it would have added a whole new dimension had I been doing that from the point of view of a, a, a woman. And so when it came to writing the script, it, it, it added so much freshness to it because I could have a whole new take on um, not just uh, the conventions that, that would have occurred to, to the character Ross, but um, to Heather, she's got the perspective of being someone who was playing these games as a woman and maybe wasn't that impressed by how women were being depicted in them and certainly not that impressed by that she was having a take whatever <laughs> she paid online. So um, that was that was the, the main change and, and, and the main reason for for making a new character. Yeah, I mean, you've you've obviously um, yeah you say you you're a fan of video games. You started off with with the Spectrum, um, uh, which is is where I started as well. So, <laughs> um, what was the first game you remember kind of picking up and, and getting into? Um, well, back in the Spectrum days, uh, well, actually before the Spectrum days, my my friend had a ZX eighty one. Seemed like it had the ZX eighty one for ages, but it was actually probably only a few months before. I got the Spectrum for Christmas. I remember playing uh, 3D Monster Maze on the ZX81, which was technically an FPS. <laughs> you couldn't shoot, but you did have a first-person corridor crawling perspective. Um, and I suppose on the Spectrum, uh, the, the game I always remember most vividly would be Manic Miner. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, a 16K Spectrum, which I then had to chip to take up to 48k. Yeah. But I can't remember, was, was Manic Miner a 16k game? I can't, can't remember. I think it probably must have been. I, you know, it was that prolific on that, that what, system. What I, I, I mean, I remember playing um, 3D Death Chase as well, because that was like an FPS almost as a first-person perspective, and that was a 16k game. Although the first games I had were things like, I can't even remember what it was called, but it was a Pac-Man clone. Right. Um, and in, in, in Bedlam, we have a, a Pac-Man clone. We call it Chili Chomper. Um, <laughs> obviously, reasons of copyright. But also, I think there's something authentic about the fact that uh, it would be a clone because the, yeah. the 80s, that's the type of game you would get. Yeah. I mean, remember, actually, when we got, first got Manic Miner, any, any time a new game appeared, we'd all gather at someone's house um, and, and in fact, by that point, we'd all um, taped it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I remember that. The, the days when you could copy games by by sticking like two tapes, uh, either either a tape to tape deck, or you, I had a friend that used to do it by putting like one single player um, tape deck, deck and then putting another one on top and pressing play on one and record on the other. <laughs> That's right. Or, or uh, actually, there used to be a wee hack on the. Spectrum games where if you put in uh, the command randomize user star 
something and it would let you save the game. Um, but I do recall that when uh, one of my friends who he didn't have a spectrum, but he liked coming around to play the games, but he, it was at the same era we were doing the same thing with um, Betamax videos. Yeah. You know, you were sort of pirating things where you did like seventh generation copies of ET and things. <laughs> and I remember that my this friend of mine who didn't quite understand how uh, the ZX Spectrum worked because uh, he knew that we got this game Manic Miner that had been copied from a friend of a friend. Yeah. Uh, and we started running it and he turned to me and said, you know what I love about these ZX Spectrum games? No matter how many times it's copied, the picture's are always brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not somebody that really quite understands uh, how graphics and, and data work. <laughs> <laughs> that looks awesome. So, uh, going going back to you a bit, how did you get into writing novels in the first place? Well, I, I, I've been writing stories since I was about six years old. Really, as soon as, as, soon as I could write, uh, I was writing stories, uh, and I, I, it was just kind of always what I wanted to do when I grew up. You know, all, all, all down the years, and uh, so when I was. I left university and I worked for a cinema trade paper uh, in London um, called Screen International. Yeah. Even, I was writing my spare time. Uh, and so I, I, um, I went freelance after that so that I'd have more time to write. So my first novel was published in 1996. Uh, so I've, I've written, uh, there's been 18 novels in total, the 19th will be out in January. Right. So it's what I've, what I've always been doing. Um, and uh, th this one, a, a lot of the novels you've got are, are parts of, of series. Are you doing more of the Bedlam novels? Um, no, I, I don't think so. I, I, at one point I thought I might, and, and then I realised that, well, for one thing, I'm just committed to doing so many other uh, things. Just now. I'm writing a, a new crime novel, um, not the one that we're in January, because that's already done, but, but I've got that in the pipeline, and then I've got another science fiction novel in the pipeline. But... I think what I realised that with, with Bedlam, I'd, I'd love to work in a sequel of the game because once you get your head around the concept, there's endless possibilities uh, for what you can do uh, in terms of, of mashing up genres. Um, there's, there's just so many ways we can subvert other video games by giving them this kind of FPS treatment. Yeah. Uh, like, for instance, something like Rock Band or Guitar Hero, you, know, you can imagine if you're in some <laughs> rock uh, venue, and, and, and the great thing is that the integrity can control the NPCs in any given world, so you could have anything turned into an enemy. So there's, there's lots of potential there. But I think from a, the point of view of a novelist, um, part of the, the narrative drive in Bedlam is the, the sort of central dramatic question of, of what really is going on. Um, in terms of what explains why uh, Ross or Heather is in this this um, world of games, and once you've answered that question, you know, as a novelist, that's the big philosophical part of it. Yeah, uh, I, I don't see how I can, you know, if I was writing again, it would just be more adventures in the same world, which is is great when it's a game, but it's not quite so intriguing. Um, I'd imagine as a reader. Yeah, yeah. Your this was your first venture into into a sci-fi uh, novel, wasn't it? Just not quite. There's a bit of a grey area in the, uh, my my novel Pandemonium. Although it wasn't marketed as a sci-fi novel, it is technically a sci-fi novel <laughs> because 
uh, it's about a, a bunch of teenagers away for a, a weekend in school when they, they uh, end up getting sort of mowed down one by one by what appears to be demons right. and it's, it's done as a, a really kind of a slasher horror story um, but I, admittedly a, a darkly comical slasher horror story <laughs> but um, it, it's almost like a spoiler to say that it's technically a science fiction novel because the, the ultimate explanation of what is going on right. is science fiction explanation rather than a supernatural explanation so uh, in my head it's always been a science fiction novel <laughs> <laughs> the first out and out definitely no question I mean it's published by Orbit um, which is a sci-fi imprint so from the off it's, it's definitely a sci-fi novel yeah, I mean, you've you've said you'd like to get back into um, writing more of, of the Bedlam games. Uh, is, would you like to get involved with any other game franchises? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> it's one of the, um, the great things about was writing Bedlam was, was taking all these imaginary places that I'd experienced um, down the years, whether they be, I mean, in, in the game, uh, in the novel, rather, you've got um, things like Jet Set Willy, uh, through things like Quake 2 and, and all of those classics and it was great to imagine what you could do with, with a, a, an imaginary world that someone has already created so I think I could have great fun um, if someone wants to, to um, haul me into working on a, an already established IP you know, I wouldn't, I'm not someone who would be precious about that kind of thing <laughs> is, there, is there any particular IP you would like to get your hands on at the moment? Oh, I, I, that's a very good question um, I suppose some of the big open world ones um, are, are intimidating in terms of the possibilities but I think I'd like to have fun with them uh, you know I, I'd, I'd like to I'd probably quite, quite enjoy getting involved in something like GTA or, or uh, Just Cause those sort of franchises yeah. the Mass Effects and that sort of thing when you've got so much scope um, to create stories within stories that's, that's the freedom a novelist enjoys and I think um, the attraction uh, for doing something like that in a sandbox world um, that's offsets the, the intimidating fact that you can't actually uh, <laughs> dictate where the player's going quite so easily <laughs> <laughs> yes, lends itself very well to um, the, the narrative structure because it is a linear narrative a novel's linear narrative and an FPS is pretty much a linear narrative yeah I mean we, I was, we were talking about this uh, quite recently on the show we were talking about the um, the Telltale games because they've uh, they've just come up um, on, a, on an offer on Steam and on the PlayStation they're kind of linear but they're linear in your sort of choose your own adventure way so they're not entirely yeah. linear but they are kind of all very much going in front time direction does that sort of thing appeal to you well I think um, there's actually a kind of payoff uh, or there's a balancing act uh, always between leaving the player by the nose and, and, and letting the player kind of have the illusion that they're discovering the things that, that you want them to know that's that's one of the things that I'm quite happy with about um, how Bedlam works out because one of the budgetary considerations early on was we thought well, we can't be spending you know, half the money on, on some impressive CGI cutscenes, uh, which takes players out of the out of the action anyway. So we thought, how do you uh, make up for that? We'll have all 
the the dialogue kind of um, off screen in various ways. But what I like about that is that the player gets to feel like they're piecing the story together from from what they've overheard or from what they've read and what they've discovered. Um, so it's always a balancing act. I think players enjoy it more if they feel like they're somehow um, working out for themselves rather than being sat down and made to watch two um, characters discuss the plot in front of them. Yeah. From, from that point of view, it was, it was fairly satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you see it as, as a risk creating a game based on a sort of novel which is about gaming? <laughs> There's a, a sort of recursion going on there that might be <laughs> its own arms. Um, well, I didn't... I suppose you, you, know, you can joke about how it's the, the game of the book of the games. You know? <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I think from, from the off, I just always imagined that I'm always sort of writing for people that I, I, I'd imagine would have the same perspective as myself. So the game was written for people who grew up, or the book was written for people who grew up with games. Um, and, and I thought the game would also be best enjoyed by people who had, had seen the evolution of, of the FPS and the evolution of games in general down the years and that they would get the fact that it's 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 not meta in a kind of postmodern ironic snidey way you know it's it's um, the, the story uh, is it, intended to to make you feel like you are experiencing these worlds uh, so I kind of hope that people will um, sort of get on board with the concept you know go along with the ride of, of exploring these worlds on those terms yeah yeah, yeah. Has, has any of your stuff been turned into TV shows uh, yeah because I mean th- that will be the other obvious route is, is a TV or movie for for, for these sort of things um, you know there, there's um, there's a film coming out a Spielberg movie coming out which is based in a game world um, Ready Player One Ready Player One that's the one I'm thinking of yeah there, so there's that, there's that coming up as, as a sort of big movie w- w- would you be interested in having some of your stuff turned into, into films or TV shows yeah well, absolutely uh, I think Bedlam has, has got that sort of potential on it and because it's got the um, the, the sort of overarching sort of philosophical yeah. in there and also the potential for um, the idea of, of people having populated the game verse over the years so I uh, think it's got plenty of scope in that respect but obviously it's um, it, it would be bloody expensive <laughs> <laughs> I had one TV adaptation uh, but that was 10, no, 11 years ago now, uh, my first novel was adapted by ITV for a, a one-off TV drama starring right. James Nesbitt, uh, <laughs> Annette Crosby and Daniela Nardini uh, and um, Eddie Marsan. Yeah, I mean, actually a fantastic cast. Yeah. Uh, and they, they did, a, did a good job of it, but <laughs> as it was at that, even in that time, it was quite a well-known and, and well-loved novel. So everybody just watched the, the adaptation with a little mental notebook to <laughs> well, diverted from the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always all right. Um, one one last question because uh, we we cover a lot of TV on the website. Um, one thing we always ask people is is what are your favourite TV shows, or are you watching any? TV shows that now now at the moment that you, you really like, or maybe that you'd like like to get the chance to write an episode of. Um, well, I am a I am a Buffy holic. <laughs> Good man. I'm someone who goes through Buffy to the end and then just starts again. Yeah. 
Uh, actually, I'm, I'm in early stages of season seven at the moment, and I'm really, really loving it because the previous run-throughs, um, maybe by season seven, I was sort of getting nostalgic for uh, what happened in the earlier seasons, but at this time, I'm like enjoying season seven purely for its own merits. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's one of all time favourites. I'm a huge, huge brown coat. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be able to, to um, write a, an ongoing Firefly or ongoing Buffy stuff. Uh, and also, I'm a big Aaron Sorkin fan. I think my mother, great favourite, is the West Wing. Yeah. And I, Actually, really, really like the newsroom. I think it's it's far better than people were uh, giving it credit for. Yeah, I was I was very disappointed when when they uh, they stopped that after what was only four seasons. <laughs> no. Like two and a half, really. There was well, like, yeah, because there weren't that many episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, any of those, although you'd, you'd be trying to fill very big shoes if you're trying to the quality of the writing and, and all of the above. I mean, um, Buffy. Uh, uh, it, it just always impresses me the, the, the roster of great writers that they had on there um, and, and so you'd be filling some pretty big shoes if you wanted to write an episode of that yeah I mean the, the funny thing I always find with Buffy is you look around today about where all the people that were behind that show about where they are now uh, and a lot of the best shows on TV have at least one person who was involved in Buffy or Angel at some point <laughs> you know in, in the, the uh, behind it you know yeah quite a pedigree um, and, and I, I love it for, for what it is but there's, there's still a part of me just wishes we were on your Buffy season 25 <laughs> <laughs> yeah no although it, I, I would take a Firefly just a Firefly season 2 I <laughs> for Buffy 25 I think I was at a, a 10th anniversary screening of Serenity in Edinburgh in August uh, because of the I, I didn't even realise that the, the world premiere had been in that very cinema because it was um, part of the Edinburgh Film Festival really? Five. Wow. Uh, there was a charity screening in there and, and everyone turned up in like James Woolly hat and, and <laughs> t-shirts and I saw one guy had a t-shirt that said cancel Glee and bring back Firefly <laughs> yeah, absolutely well I mean they've cancelled Glee and the Firefly cast were on stage this weekend saying that they'd all be perfectly happy to do more of it so you know you never know it may turn up <laughs> Castle's not doing brilliantly in the ratings at the moment so you know we'll, we'll see <laughs> uh, awesome so um, it's been really nice to talk to you um, I I'm, I will go back and play a bit more of the game now because I've, I've started on it so I'm really quite enjoying it so I, I will go back and play a bit more <laughs> awesome um, great to talk to you I, I'll hopefully talk to you again at some point when, you're, uh, when your next stuff's out yeah cheers alright so that was the interview with Christopher hope you enjoyed that here are some air date updates <laughs> First piece of news, the DC Comics series Lucifer has been picked up in the UK by Amazon Prime and will be coming in 2016. So that I'm really looking forward to because that looked really interesting. Um, yeah. It's it's a, it's another comic book adaptation and it's not like mainstream DC stuff. But but yeah, I, I thought that looked quite interesting. So... So I'm looking forward to that coming. There is a show called Into the Badlands, also picked up on Amazon Prime, coming 17th of November. Yeah. I sent you the trailer for this because I thought this would be a show you quite like. Yes, it looks fantastic. Full of martial arts, sort of dystopian society, uh, which you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so no, it looks it looks fantastic. So 
So yeah, quite looking yeah. forward to that. Seventeenth of November, and again something on Amazon Prime. So definitely worth getting an Amazon Prime membership. Elementary season four that starts on the nineteenth of November at nine pm on Sky Living. That's got John Noble in it. I think plays Sherlock's father. Um, John Noble from you'll know from Sleepy Hollow, and he was also in uh, played the one of the kings in Lord of the Rings, I think. I remember correctly yes. uh oh and fringe of course he was he was in fringe so yes uh love john noble he's fantastic blind spot which is this new sullivan stapleton show from strike back where the uh lady sif from uh from um the thor movies gets delivered naked and tattooed to him in a bag um yeah uh, so you've probably seen trailers kicking around for that that's starting on sky living on the 24th of november um I, I quite like the look of that show it looks quite good fun yeah scandal season five coming to sky living in december no exact date for that yet uh they've also announced the sherlock special is coming on the 1st of January. We thought it might come Christmas Day, but it looks like they've decided to move it to New Year's Day instead. So that's the special episode, which is going to be set in the actual Sherlock period, original kind of period, not in the current time. So we I don't know whether there's going to be an explanation for why that is or whether they're just going to do it and then go <laughs> back to normal for the, for the next season. I think they're shooting the new season in the spring, is the plan. So... Mm. Uh, looking forward to that. And Castle, um, they've said, is going to start on the 5th of January. The 8th season of that will start on the 5th of January on Alibi. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. That should be really good. And that's quite early for that as well. Yeah. Because usually that's, that ends up being kind of March or, I mean, they've, they're actually running the current season at the moment. So, so yeah, that's, that should be fairly quick. And then there is a shed load of stuff coming next week start off one that will please a lot awful lot of people vampire diaries season seven itv2 uh 28th of october at uh 8 p.m so that's tomorrow not 8 p.m 11 p.m that's tomorrow night um this is the first one without needing a dog breath in it as well so we'll see how they they fare with that the Affair turns for its second season. That's on Sky Atlantic at 28th uh, on, at 9pm. Miss um, Fisher's Murder Mysteries, third season of that on Alibi at 9pm on the 28th as well. Uh, How to Get Away with Murder, season two, Universal yeah. Channel. That's on... Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, I don't know. Does that mean it's on NowPlayer? It must come on to NowPlayer if it's, if it's Universal because it's Sky, I would have thought. 28th of October at 10 p.m. That will be. So that again tomorrow. Lots of stuff tomorrow. Um, Cuffs, which is this the the new BBC drama about police on the streets of Brighton. It's kind of a drama comedy. Uh, we interviewed Karen Bryson, you might remember a few weeks back, who plays Custody Sergeant Melanie Pike in the show. That's starting at 8 p.m. on the 28th of October, so tomorrow as well. Uh, Supergirl, season one. That starts on Sky yes. One on the 29th at 8pm. That uh, looks quite interesting. I'm I'm quite looking forward to, to seeing how that turns out. Some of the makeup, I've seen the Red Tornado shots and that looks a bit hokey, but it may just be the shots aren't great. I don't know. Have you seen any bits of this yet? I saw the trailer because um, it grabbed my, uh, the trailer was on, it grabbed my attention. I thought, oh, that looked quite good. And then I realised it was Supergirl. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, actually, yeah, that could be really good. Because you know I'm not a massive DC yes. fan. Yes. 
Um, but no, uh, yeah, so I'm going to give that a go, see if it can compete with uh, Flash and Arrow, which are back on yes, at the moment. Yeah. So I'm enjoying yeah, those. Flash and Arrow have been really good, I think. Arrow especially. It's, I mean, I know you said uh, when you sort of announced the, the air dates a couple of weeks ago, it was going to be... Um, Lighter, they've said. Um, yes, I was going to say happier, but happier is completely <laughs> the wrong word to use. Lighter, definitely more lighter. And I mean, I know we're only like one or two episodes in, but there's like less whinging yes. already. I mean, they still do the flashbacks. It's like, how, how many flashbacks but do we need? The really? wig is gone though, thank um, God. <laughs> the wig is gone. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. But uh, no, it's I'm quite enjoying that. Yeah. So um, no. yeah, so yeah, we'll I'll give a Supergirl a yeah. go as well. And, and unlike in the US, we've got them all on the same channel. So it doesn't help them being crossovers, but you know, at least we've got them all in the same place. Yeah. True. Code Black, as we mentioned earlier, that starts on the 29th. Uh, we're joking about whether that was worth getting into watching because it looked like it was going to get canned, but it seems to have picked up. So um, yes, could be worth getting into if you like your medical dramas. It did look quite promising from the trailers. So um, that's a watch on the 29th at 9 p.m. Then we've got a show called Detectorists. That's the second season of that on BBC four it's toby jones and is that a word um, is that actual apparently word? it is now so <laughs> uh, 29th of october at 10 p.m that's toby jones and mackenzie crook as metal detector detectorists in essex it's it's described as an easygoing comedy um but toby jones is brilliant <laughs> and mackenzie crook's usually really good so so that's a that could be quite interesting i missed the first season of that but uh, uh we'll see uh robot chicken season eight part one that starts on the 29th at 11 p.m. They did the DC special this week, um, but this is yeah, it's on. I think on their TV. You need yes, to watch. It's, that. it's quite yeah. funny. Uh, the the proper series starts uh, 29th at 11 p.m. And that's on Fox. Citizen Khan season four starts BBC One at 30th of October at 8:30. Blacklist third season starts at 30th of October at 9 p.m. That's really good. Um, looking forward that that coming back librarians season two coming to sci-fi uk 2nd of november at 8 p.m after hours which is a new comedy about a um, music loving 18 year old who's just had his heart broken that's coming to sky one on 2nd november at 9 30 Trollid season five coming to Sky One second November at nine o'clock. That's the uh, popular supermarket sitcom that's back. Um, I do like yeah, that. I, I catch clips of it. I've never actually watched a full episode. I've only seen bits and pieces, but it does. They they do pop up with things that make me laugh. Broad City season two is coming to Comedy Central. That's on second of November at eleven p.m. And finally, Grim season five coming to watch on the third of November. That returns, and that's only a few days after the US they've done a new deal for the fifth season so we get it just after the US which is good Um, and that's everything unless you've got anything else you'd like to add Uh, no I think we've covered yes good all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you want to come and visit us throughout the week, you can find us on the website at geektown.co.uk. You can get in touch via email at podcast at geektown.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at geektown or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown. That's everything. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. See you later.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. 